All right, church, good morning. It's, I guess it's time for adult church, so any adults that would like to gather around the stage, <laughs> please come on up, and, uh, and, and that way, you know, I got your attention, amen? And so I think that was awesome. Uh, I, I mean, I, I would feel wonderful if you wanted to just sit right here or, or wherever you want to be, just... Uh, couple of quick announcements for you real quickly. Bless Austin's heart. I know he had 45 minutes worth this morning. But um, this will be the last Sunday that I wear jeans for a while. And so uh, probably be vacation Bible school before I wear jeans again. And I am going to shave. Yes. Amen. And, and so uh, as it starts springing up, I like to, to, to get whatever scruff off that I have. But the church, it is good to be in the house of God this morning. Amen. Uh, I, I know it's cold outside, but just looking out these windows and seeing the sunshine uh, just makes you feel so much better. Amen. And uh, I know the groundhog is coming up this week. Uh, does anybody have a license for groundhog hunting? Uh, we'll go together, and we'll just make sure he stays in that hole. Amen. And so I know a lot of us are looking forward to springtime. Amen. And so my favorite time of the year, and uh, I don't know if Austin told you all this or not, but we do have a baptism next Sunday. And so I'm looking forward to that as well. Pray that you have your Bible with you this morning. I want you to open it up to the Gospel of Matthew chapter 28. And we're going to look at just a few verses this morning. Matthew chapter 28, verses 16 through 20. You can see the title of the sermon this morning, Reaching Others Through Our What? Reaching Others Through Our, our Mission. So this is coming out of the Great Commission, Matthew chapter 28, verses 16 and 20. So there's a story that is told of this donkey that was filled with a lot of self-importance. He felt that he had it over all the other donkeys, per se. He was very well taken care of by his humans, and that made him feel even more special. So he was prideful that he was called in for difficult assignments. He was strong, he could carry a lot, and he also knew, knew how to give comfortable rides to passengers. He was not surprised to be called to give a ride to a person going into the capital city one day, matter of fact, but he was surprised at what a wonderful greeting that he was given by crowds. People were laying down palm branches and their own cloaks on the ground before him, and he thought to himself, this donkey, he thought, wow, I really am something. I really am special, he thought. People are appreciating all that I am doing. That's for sure. But the truth was, the celebration was not for him. The celebration was not about him. It had nothing to do with him. He was carrying Jesus. And he was simply carrying the message. As a church, I'm going to say something this morning that may shock a lot of us. Are you ready? It's not about us. It's not about a donkey. But it is all about Jesus. That's what it's all about. We are carriers of the message. Someone saw me this morning in the fellowship hall and they said, There's the boss. I said, no. I said, I'm just a servant. I'm just a carrier. So our job as Christians is to keep taking Jesus as we go each and every what? 
each and every day. And if you think about it, someone at one point in your life, if you are in Jesus Christ, someone carried that message to who? They carried it to you. Do you remember how you were first introduced to Jesus? Anybody remember this? Let me, let me uh, give you some examples. Maybe you heard the good news on a Sunday morning just like right now. Maybe you were at youth on Wednesday night or Sunday night. During Sunday school, maybe it happened. Maybe it happened at a revival. Maybe it happened at a church camp. Maybe it was FCA. Maybe it was the radio. Maybe it was the TV, if something good comes on TV. It could have been a devotional that you found. Maybe it was a Gideon Bible that was given to you or that you found in a motel or a hotel room. Maybe it was a friend. Maybe it was a parent. And the list goes on and on and on. You know, over the last four weeks, we've been focusing on how each one of us can reach one for the gospel and the significance of seeing the need. The significance of sharing comfort with one another. The significance of intercessory prayer, praying for one another. And the importance of sharing one's personal what? One personal testimony. Our story. And as we close this series this morning, we're going to focus on reaching others for Christ because we are people, the Bible says, that is mission-minded. So let me ask you this morning a very personal question that I want you to answer this for yourself. Do you consider yourself to be mission-minded? Only you can answer that. Many of us may give to such missions as Annie Armstrong. Maybe a lot of us give to missions such as Lottie Moon. Maybe a lot of us give to such missions as Eliza Broadus, and all of those things that I mentioned are awesome opportunities. But if we're going to reach others for the gospel, then being a mission-minded has to become personal. It has to become personal. So this morning, we're going to look at how the last words of Jesus should be our first responsibility individually and corporately. Look at Matthew chapter 28. Listen to verses 16 through 20 as we hear the word of God. But the eleven disciples, they proceeded to Galilee, to the mountain which Jesus had designated. This is where he told them to be. Verse 17, and when they saw him, they what? They worship Jesus, but some were still even doubtful. And Jesus came up and he spoke to them saying, All authority has been given me in heaven and on earth. Now watch this. Here's the last words of Jesus here. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all that I commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this day that you blessed us with. Thank you, Lord, for our small group studies that we've already been in this morning. Father, thank you for the music, Brother Billy, and the choir, and everyone else that, that helps sing. Father, it's just such a blessing 
uh, Lord, watching that, that ministry grow. Father, thank you for our children, Lord, that uh, uh, came up and those, Father, that, that, that may be a little fearful to come up, but Lord, they listened. And, and God, we thank you for the growth that we have had in our children's ministry, dear Lord. And watching them learn about you and watching them get discipled, watching them come and, and put their trust in Jesus. Father, watching them get baptized and get discipled into the church. And Father, we are praying, Lord, for 15 this year. And God, maybe we should pray bigger. Because Lord, I believe, I trust in you, God. Lord, that we're going to see you move in a great way. But Father, help us to understand we're personally responsible for sharing the gospel. Father, we're personally responsible for inviting people to come to church. Father, we're personally responsible to be praying for those that are lost by name. Father, we are responsible, Lord, for being evangelistic. And it can't just be me. And it can't just be Austin. It can't just be Billy. Father, it can't just be the deacons or the leadership of the church, but it is us as a church. Father, people will come when the church is on fire. So, Father, I pray this morning you light a fire under us. Father, I pray this morning the Holy Spirit moves in a great way. Father, I pray this morning that we will leave here knowing that we've had the opportunity to be in worship, to praise your name, and to see you do great things. For it's in the name of Jesus we pray. And all of God's people said, I want to tell you a story an older pastor told me a lot of years ago. We probably tell this story to our kids. You all have heard it probably a thousand times, but it's worth repeating. There was an important job to be done. Anybody ever have those in your house? There was an important job to be done, and everybody was sure that somebody would do it. And anybody could have done it, but nobody what? Nobody did it. Somebody got angry about that because it was everybody's job, and everybody thought that anybody could do it, but nobody realized that everybody wouldn't do it. And it ended up that everybody blamed somebody when nobody did what anybody could have, could have done. You know, Jesus and the New Testament authors have given us a lot of instruction about missions. They've given us a lot of instructions about taking the gospel of Jesus Christ to our neighbors, to our workplace, to wherever we play, to our hobbies, to the things that we come in contact with. Listen to some of the scripture that Jesus has given us. Matthew 9, 37. He said, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are what? There are few. Why? Why are the workers so few? Therefore, beseech the Lord of the harvest to send out workers. Luke 19.10, the Bible says, The Son of Man came to seek and to save that which is, that is lost. It's missional. 1 Timothy 2.4, the Bible says that God desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Not just some, but he says, I want what? I want them all to know who I am. Romans 1.16, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it's the power of salvation of God to everyone who believes. I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed to tell my family about Jesus. I'm not ashamed to tell my co-worker about Jesus. I'm not afraid to share with my dentist about Jesus or my doctor about Jesus or the lady or the man that waits on me this afternoon for lunch. I'm not afraid to share this story about Jesus. If they want to pray with us, I'm going to talk to them about Jesus. I'm not afraid. Romans 10, 14, how will they call on him on who they've not believed? How will they believe in him who they not have 
have not heard. So church, I'm going to get real, real personal with you this morning. Let me ask you, what do you believe? There's a lot of things in this world to believe in, amen? There's a lot of philosophies, a lot of methodology. There's a lot of things that you can put your faith in. There's a lot of things in this world that you can put your trust in, money, fame. But if someone asks you what Jesus means to you, what would you say to them? If someone asks you what the gospel of Jesus Christ means to you, what would you say to them? Do we truly embrace, do we truly believe that Jesus and the gospel means everything to us? Do we truly believe that Jesus forgave us? Do we truly believe that Jesus saved us? I had this conversation this morning with a small child. And I truly believe he probably knew more about the gospel than many adults do. Do we truly believe that heaven awaits us? Do we truly believe that Jesus is the only way to the Father? Do we truly believe it's our responsibility individually and corporately to reach people for Jesus Christ? I challenged us this year, 2022, for each person to reach at least what? At least one. To invite one person to church. To find one person that doesn't have a relationship with Jesus and to invite them to hear the Word of God. I encourage us to pray that God would put us in the path of at least one person in which we can help or reach for the gospel of Jesus. Why would I do that? Because Jesus and the gospel should be the most important aspects in our what? In our lives. So what does Jesus expect of us? When we start talking about being mission-minded. Well, this is where your sermon outline begins this morning. And I want to share with you three aspects of missions that need, right now, in 2022, needs our immediate attention. Number one is this. As we go into the world, do what? Share the gospel. This is easy enough for a seven-year-old child to understand. Amen? As we go, share the gospel. Jesus had given the 11 apostles a command that would spread out into the new church at Pentecost as well into the 21st century, and that command was general. It said this, go. Now, in verse 19, Jesus looks at his disciples, and he says these words. Now, your translation, there may be a little bit of difference in our translations this morning. Some of them say, go, therefore. Or maybe your translation this morning says, therefore, what? Go. But the Greek participle is best rendered as this. Now watch this. It's best read in this way. As you go, or to go on one's way. So what we begin to understand is this. Is that going is one of the fundamental aspects of the great commission. But I want us to understand that going is more than just traveling overseas to a country. It's more than just going to church camp. But the going means that you have an agenda as you're going, as you're living, as you are playing, and as you are working. The going represents that we, as believers, we're not being idle, but Christians are actively pursuing to share Jesus Christ in all aspects of our what? 
of our life. Now, this may mean that we cross or step out of our comfort zones. This may mean that. Luke 19.10, the Bible reminds us, For the Son of Man came to seek and save what was lost. So this verse tells us that Jesus was actively seeking. That Jesus was actively going. And Jesus was actively pursuing who? People. And going also implies our support of people that are literally going to other countries and other cultures. The Andy Armstrong Easter offering helps support missionary salaries, church planning, and evangelism in North America. The Eliza Broadus offering goes to support local missions here in the state of Kentucky. We also support the Lighting Moon Christmas offering, which supports Southern Baptist missions as they take the Gospels overseas. And let me remind us quickly that sharing Christ is the first step of our mission statement here at Cecilia Baptist that goes like this. Connecting people to what? It's on your shirt. What's the first word? No. Connecting people to know who Jesus is and why they need Jesus. And this allows us to share our what? Our story. This allows us to share our testimony of how Jesus changed our what? Our lives. And that's what people want to hear. That's what people want to experience. That's what people want to know. When Gordon came up here last Sunday and shared just a small part of, of, of his story, you could tell how it, much it means to him. You can tell how emotional that it is for him. You can tell how much that he knows of what Jesus Christ has done for him and is still doing for him. If we want people to trust in Jesus, if we want people to get saved, if we want people to get baptized, then they need to see in your life how much Jesus has done for who? For you. Well, come to church. I want you to hear our pastor. He'll get in your kitchen. Amen? And I might, I might get all up in your kitchen. You may have a total remodel by the time the sermon's over, amen? You may have white cabinets, you may have a new sink, you may have a brand new island. I don't know what God's going to do, but here's the thing, this is not about me. When you show people what Jesus has done in your life, they're going to want to know what happened to who. What happened to you? You have changed. You're so much more loving. You're so much more forgiving. I can tell that your personality has changed. I can tell that your attitude has changed. I can tell that something has happened in your life and that something is Jesus. Because the Holy Spirit's come in and took control. Amen? Now you're not being guided anymore by the worldly desires. Now you're being guided by the heavenly desires. Amen? And I'm going to tell you real quickly. When people come to me and they say, I've been a Christian for 20 years, Pastor. I've been a Christian for 30 years, Pastor. But I'm no different now than I was 20 or 30 years ago. You need to check yourself. Was it an emotional decision? Or was it a real conversion? 
Come on. Because I don't care how old you are, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, if you're still alive, you should still be growing in Jesus Christ. And when you get to that point, you think you've learned it all, you know it all, you experienced it all, you need to be up here when I call this altar call, and you need to be praying to God to remove that stone-cold heart, amen? Because God's not done with you. If you're still living, if you're still breathing, if you have something to get up for every day in your life, God is not done with you yet. But it's easy to fall in the rut, amen? It's easy to fall. Well, I'm not important. It's easy to fall that all I need is hear that church service on Sunday morning. It's easy to fall into this rut. Well, I came and I checked it off. I went to church today, preacher, amen? Listen, it ain't me that you got to make happy. I don't see all and I don't know all. But he does. That's who you're living for. So if we're going to reach others for Jesus, we have to go into the world. And we got to share it. It may happen at work. Well, Brother Donnie, I can't share the gospel at work. That's fine. Tell them to meet you after work. Amen? Amen? It may happen at school. Well, Brother Donnie, they won't let me share the gospel at school. Well, guess what? Share it after school. Amen? It may happen with your neighbor. It may happen at Vibe Coffee Shop. It may happen at McDonald's. It may happen at a ball game or wherever you go throughout your day, your week, your month, and your year. I led a young man to McDonald's about five years ago in Hodgenville. Led him to Jesus. He said, Pastor, can you meet me at, at McDonald's at 10 o'clock at night? 10 o'clock at night, I get a text. Can you meet me at McDonald's? Absolutely. I go to McDonald's. I brought my Bible with me. He says, Pastor, i got to get saved. I said, well, no better place than the golden arches. Amen? Trace of good things can happen at McDonald's. Number two is this on your sermon outline this morning. As we share the gospel, Jesus calls us to do what? Develop. He calls us to develop disciples. So Jesus gave two important instructions to the apostles. He gave two important instructions for us today in 2022. The first one there is in your, in your outline. It's got a little asterisk there beside it. It's the word baptize. Baptize. Baptize them in the name of the what? In the name of the Father? In the name of the Son? In the name of the Holy Spirit? Next Sunday when I jump into that baptism and I lower Mr. Scott down... Pray to God, I bring him back up. <laughs> Amen? But I'm going to say it like this. Scott, because your profession of faith is Jesus Christ is your personal Lord and Savior, I baptize you in the name of the what? In the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Spirit. And dunk he goes, and up he rises. He said, go baptize him. You know, when I explain baptism to an individual, I point out three important details. And I talked to this even a very young individual this morning. Baptism reveals our new identity. And if, if it's not in your outline, write this down. Baptism reveals our new what? It reveals our new identity. It's a picture of a believer's death to one's old life, and now the new life has come. And that can only happen through the transformation that comes with Jesus Christ. Baptism also does this. It reveals our testimony. As you're immersed in that water, you're showing everyone around you that you have professed Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. So when you get up here and you get dunked, you are showing other people that you have followed who? 
Jesus Christ. It's part of your personal testimony. And then baptism reveals this next thing. Baptism reveals your obedience unto God. In the Southern Baptist faith, we believe baptism follows belief in Jesus Christ, and that's why we call it what? Believers' baptism. This is what we believe. You read throughout the New Testament, people are saved, and then they're what, Ernie? Come on, it's all right. They're baptized. The word baptized in the Greek, baptizo, it means immersion. And so when someone comes to Jesus Christ and they get saved, then we plan your baptism. Now listen, there's nothing in that water that's going to save you. Amen? You've already been what? You've already been saved. But what it is, is you are being obedient unto Jesus Christ to get in there and to get baptized. Now, I've heard the conversations that baptism isn't necessary to enter into heaven. And many times people will point out the crook on the what? On the cross as an example. But let me ask you this question. And I want you to answer it. Was Jesus baptized? Let me ask you the question. Was Jesus baptized? Was Jesus baptized? Then that's all you need. That's all you need. Because he is our ultimate example. Amen. And Jesus tells each of us that we should be what? Baptized. The crook on the cross, how was he going to get baptized? He got baptized by the blood of Jesus. Amen. Jesus wasn't going to get down off that cross. Because he stayed on that cross for who? For you. Jesus' decision on that cross to save that man, that was between him and Jesus. But when you and I are able-bodied humans and we have the opportunity to be baptized, are we going to look at Jesus and say, Jesus, I'm just not going to what? I'm just not going to do it. Why? Well, Brother Donnie, I have a phobia of water. In 14 years, I've not lost one. And I have baptized them as, 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 as little as this and as big as this. Now, I may every now and then have to grunt a little, amen? But I have never lost one in that baptistry. The second instruction that Jesus gave is this. Teach them to observe all that I have what? All that I have commanded them. So baptize, and then he says, go and teach. Now, building disciples of Jesus, this is, a, this is a process, amen? This is a process. It requires more than just conversion. It requires more than just baptism. It also requires a building up of those believers. In the first church, in Acts chapter 2, the church body met every day, the Bible says, in, temp, in the temple or in homes, they learned, they studied, they grew in their faith, they were hungry for God's Word and for the fellowship among the believers who the Bible said had everything in common. And this is why I encourage our church to get involved in more than just a Sunday morning worship. You need time to sit down in a small group, whether if it's in Sunday school, a Sunday night, 
or a Wednesday night Bible study. You need time to sit down and read God's Word together, ask questions, see and understand God's glory and His will for your life to help equip yourself with His truths. One thing I will tell you that many people in the church miss out on. Now some, it's a work-related issue because they just can't make it. But Wednesday night Bible study is my favorite time of the week almost. I love it. I love the openness. I love the transparency. I love that the church can come and ask questions. I love that church can come and add in some of the things that they have been through in life. You need that. Amen? And if you don't come just because you're not coming, I would challenge you to ask yourself, why are you not coming? Now, a lot of us seem to make deals with God, don't we? Well, I'll come on Sunday morning, Brother Donnie, but Wednesday night is my what? It's my time. Well, let's be completely honest with ourselves this morning. It's all his time. From the morning that you wake up to the time that you lay your head down, it's all on his time. 2 Timothy chapter 3, the Bible tells us, All Scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training to righteousness so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Now, some of you may be thinking, Wow, Pastor, what a task that Jesus left the apostles. What a task that Jesus has left the church. This is going to take time, Pastor. This is going to take effort. This is going to take sweat. This is going to take patience. This is going to take love. This is going to take obedience to reach others for Christ and to be mission-minded. But the second part of our mission statement here at Cecilia Baptist, it goes like this. Connecting people to know and grow. Growing people's faith takes time and effort. But listen to what Jesus says next on your outline. Number three is this. As we go and as we equip others, I what? I promise I will always what? I'll always be with you. At the end of verse 20, Jesus, he gives this great promise, doesn't he? He says, I'll be with you through it all. I'll be with you to the end of the age. When Jesus left the apostles in the church, the great commission, he didn't, he didn't leave us without help, Amen. Matter of fact, Jesus does this, and I hope this is in your sermon outline. He does this. Are you ready? There's a couple of E's that we need to remember. Christ does this. Christ equips us to reach others for the gospel. Amen? He equips us. In Hebrews 13, 21, it says that that, that God will equip you with everything good for doing His will, and may He work in us what is pleasing to Him through Jesus Christ, to whom the glory forever and ever. So Jesus equips us to reach other people for the what? For the gospel. Brother Donnie, I'm saved, so you're telling me that, that Jesus is equipping me to reach other people for the gospel? Amen. Absolutely. The next thing is this, Christ enables us to reach others for the gospel. So we don't just equip, but he enables us. Jesus said in verse 18, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And he's telling us to go and make what? Disciples. He's equipped you. He's enabling you. 
And then the last thing is this, Christ empowers us to reach others for the gospel. Let me ask you something real quick. How many of you all know right now that your spiritual talent? Come on. How many of you all right now know your spiritual talent? Okay. If you've been saved, the Bible says that you have at least one spiritual what? Gift. Are you following me this morning, church? Are you using it? If you've been saved, the Bible says you have at least one spiritual gift. Amen? Are you using it? Acts 1.8 says, But you'll see power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You've been Holy Spirit gifted. Amen. You've been equipped. You've been enabled. You've been empowered. How many of you all right now understands and realizes that the Holy Spirit lives within you? Amen. you got a supernatural power right here inside your body that has sealed you for eternity. Praise God. A power that's like no other power. The third part of the mission statement here at CBC, connecting people to know, grow, and what? Go for Jesus Christ. Charles Swindoll, he once said, he said, whatever we do, we must not treat the Great Commission like it's the Great Suggestion. When we're not mission-minded, then trying to reach others for the gospel really becomes more about a hope than it does a personal decision, doesn't it? Well, I hope Brother Donnie, I hope he finds those 15 people. I hope Brother Billy finds them. I hope Brother Austin finds those 15 people. And we take the personal responsibility right out of it, don't we? How many times do we ever pray, Father, put somebody in my path I know that's lost, that's unchurched, so I can be a light for them, so I can encourage them? Are we mission-minded, church? Do you want to reach others for the gospel of Jesus Christ? Are we prepared to invite? Are we prepared to share our testimony? Because Christ has given us a responsibility and Jesus has given us the ability to do so. So through the year of 2022, will you commit to try? Will you commit to pray for at least reaching one person for the gospel? And maybe this morning, this is your moment. Maybe this is the first time that you've ever heard the gospel. Maybe it's the first time that you've ever felt the Holy Spirit that's knocking on your door. Maybe it's the first time you realize that someone just shared with you how much Jesus loves you and how much Jesus wants to save you. I want you to look at those three words that's on your outline this morning that you filled in. Share. Develop. And Jesus says, I promise. That's what we're supposed to be doing. Amen. That's what we're supposed to be. And we lose it. We ignore it. 
we forget who we are and what we are. I don't want to forget that, do you? I just don't want to throw shade to this and say, well, it's somebody else's responsibility to tell somebody about Jesus. Let me tell you something real quick, church, before we have this invitation. There's a lot of things in my life that I can look back on and rejoice with. A lot of things. From accomplishments, education-wise, accomplishments and athletics that I've shared with my, my boys, my wife, we've almost been married going on 24 years. There is nothing, nothing that compares when you lead someone to Jesus or you had a hand in it. I don't care what else you do in your life. Nothing will ever fulfill you except the way that God made you. And he created you to share the gospel and to bring others to him. Now we can build our own kingdom or we can help build his. What's it going to be? So this morning as Brother Billy comes and we have our time of invitation, this is your time of encouragement. This is your time of prayer. This is your time of committing yourself to God and saying, God, I'm going to do my best to help at least, at least reach one person for the gospel of Jesus Christ in 2022. Will you stand this morning as we sing?